is episode 26 of Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta, and we're here with a special guest, man. He's a Kansas City Royals prospect and South Atlantic League champion, and actually last year this guy won the pitcher of the year, Jonathan Heasley. What is up, John? How's it going, man? It's good, man. You know, this is the, like I told you earlier, this is the first episode I'm going to be producing, editing, cutting, doing all this shit. So as you can see, I'm in my living room where I play Fortnite. So not a big deal. It might be a little bit of an echo for the listeners, but the sound's going to be better. I promise you that. All right, there you go. And truth be told, I asked you for five more minutes because I was just finishing up a game of Fortnite, got the dub, so I'm ready to go. There it is. We might even have to run it after this. So I'll, I'll <laughs> let the listeners know if we can run it after this. So let's start it off here. I'm, I want to be the first to congratulate you. actually just got engaged. Not a big deal. Whatever. Congrats on Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I, I, we're not even going to talk about baseball first. I wrote down a list of things to avoid at your wedding just to like pre-prepare you for that. Is it, can I go over a couple of things? Yeah, let's hear it. The first one is pretty obvious. This is for all the listeners like Chris and Kyle. Maybe they sit on their wallet. I don't know. They might. We don't know yet. Don't have a cash bar. Cash bars, just no. We, we avoid the cash bar. For sure. For sure. The second one is... Don't have a destination wedding. Pretty obvious. You don't want to have a destination wedding. Most people can't afford to fly down to wherever. Exactly. If you have a destination wedding, besides Nick Kingham, shout out Nick Kingham, I, 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 you're, I'm not a big fan of you if you have a destination wedding. That's, that's the second one. Okay. And the third one is don't not invite your favorite podcast host. Like that, that has to happen. You have to invite <laughs> your podcast host, your favorite podcast host. There you host. go. All right, all right. I'll keep that in mind. And then the last one is I actually went away from what it said on – the website that I researched this, it said, stay out. Don't try to always be with the photographer. I'm actually doing the opposite. I want you to stay as close to the photographer as possible just to make it known that you're there. That's the biggest thing. Exactly. I said, I, that's for the guests. That's like a That's something that I kind of wanted to talk about for the guests. So that, that's what okay. you should do as a guest. For sure. Okay. And then, and then also I have a pretty funny story about a wedding. Ho- this, hopefully this doesn't happen to you. It probably won't happen to you. But I used to work out Moore's Clothing for Men, which is like men's warehouse, kind of like the same. It's the same thing as what you guys have men's warehouse. And I, I, I was like planning weddings, kind of like planning what they were wearing. Not a big deal, whatever. And um, this wedding, this wedding party comes in, right? They get they get the suits, they plan it out, they do all that stuff, and they're all done. Like the wedding's in two weeks, right? So they come in and they say like we're gonna have to cancel the wedding, like cancel the wedding outfits because we're not getting married anymore. And then I was like, okay. And then, and then he proceeded to tell me why, and this is why. So he said to me, when they were at the bachelor party, um, the brother of the bride was there, and the bri- <laughs> and the groom cheated on the wife with a stripper in Las Vegas. Oh so and the gosh. brother-in-law was there and watched it. So that's so they that had to cancel. A, that's a tough look right there. Probably uh, not the best strategy there. Yeah, it's not the best strategy at all. So let's go <laughs> into your playing career. You obviously went to Oklahoma State. Like the last guest, we're not. It's not a coincidence, guys. We just like we we're not a we're not Oklahoma State podcast. We're a pro Oklahoma State podcast. <laughs> talk about talk about your career there, because obviously you did good if you got drafted post career. Um, so if you you can say I did good, but honestly, it was it was kind of rough while I was there. So I had a I had a decent freshman year. I kind of moved in and out of roles as starter, reliever, closed for a little bit. So um, freshman year was good. You know, just kind of getting acclimated into the whole college ball thing, having a good time. The sophomore year came around, and uh, I was a Friday night guy to start the year. Got off to a hot start. Granted, we were playing, you know, who knows who of what colleges. So I got off to a pretty good start. So I was feeling good. And then Big 12 comes around, and that was kind of a different animal. So I kind of went through some ups and downs throughout the Big 12 play. But um, at the end of the day, it was good enough to get me where I am. So I can't can't talk too much about 
how it went, not in necessarily the way I would have wanted it to go, but um, I'm here today, so I can't complain, right? Exactly, exactly. And uh, let's talk about the off-field stuff at Oklahoma State because Donnie Walton, be, honestly, a legend of beauty. A pretty good absolutely. Pretty good legend. And let's talk about the off-the-field stuff. Did you participate in that bar? I think it's called Murphy's, where it's yeah, like you, ha- you, get a, you get a keg. And your boys just cranking it, and that's and then you just have an hour with the keg. It's like the Stanley Cup. You get an okay, hour no, with it, and that's all. That's um, that's the Wheel Wednesday. That's a the classic Eskimo Joe's, the Wheel Wednesday. So I don't know if Donnie explained the whole concept, but you basically it's from like I don't I want to say like ten to two or something like that, and you spin the wheel, you get free keg, you get two dollar pints, two dollar wells, whatever. So that's the spot on Wednesday nights for sure. Um, but Murphy's, you mentioned, that's that's kind of the place to go on the weekend on the strip. You know, they call it uh, Meet Me at the Palms. It's kind of like their slogan. They got like a patio with these neon palm trees. So that's kind of the, the gathering place for everybody on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. And when, when athletes go to like the football games, obviously because you're not there anymore, you can kind of talk on this. Are the athletes kind of getting after a pregame like the fans? Or is it just like... You're kind of you got You got to keep it sober. Cause I I went out to the University of Michigan with a couple athletes, and like they'll get after it if they don't have a game that day, obviously. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, sometimes if you you could get put with a recruit, like to take them on their visit or whatever. So that's kind of unfortunate gig. You kind of just got to roll around with them for the day, which is it's a good time, you know, take them around, show them what it's all about. But for the most part, there's definitely a group of guys getting after it. You know, the tailgate scene's pretty good, so we have a good time and get going before the game for sure. And let's go into Oklahoma State because obviously you guys had a pretty good player this year. He's Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian. One of the best running backs in college football. Chubba Hubbard. How nasty is that guy? And obviously he's Canadian, just to top it off. Yeah, I mean, it was he was fun to watch. He was incredible. Um, I don't know if there's been many performances like that recently, especially in Oklahoma State since Barry Sanders pretty much. But kind of got snubbed, didn't even get invited to the Heisman ceremony. So I was, I was pretty bitter about that. I thought he deserved a shot. But, hey, he's coming back next year, so. Maybe you'll make another run at it. Yeah, and yeah, and you get drafted at Oklahoma State. We'll go a little bit more into your pr- playing career here. You got drafted by the Kansas City Royals. Were you expected to get drafted by the Royals, or were there other teams in the mix in the Jonathan Heasley? Uh, st- st- what is it? Sweepstakes? Jonathan Heasley sweepstakes. sweepstakes. There you go. Um, yeah, there was definitely a couple teams in the mix. Actually, I got a couple calls on day two of the draft. Um, just didn't really offer what what I was looking for, and then. Day three rolls around, so I was kind of like, I mean, I was following it pretty cr- pretty closely day two. I was still in Stillwater, actually, because our season had just wrapped up. Um, so day three rolls around, and I was kind of like, pretty much like, you know, it's not going to happen. I'm probably not going to get what I want, so I'll come back. I was a draft-eligible sophomore, actually, which was kind of unique. So I had my junior year, another year of, like, wagering with the, like, I had some leverage still. So I was basically set on coming back, and I was literally probably – five minutes from driving back home and I get a call from the Kansas city Royals. And so it was a pretty cool moment. Um, just hanging out with some of the boys and, uh, got that call right before I left. So it was definitely a, a pretty cool moment. So let's quiz you right here because obviously the president of the United States thought that Kansas city wasn't Kansas. Okay. What's the capital of Missouri? Of Missouri. I, uh, I couldn't even tell you really. It's probably not a good thing. I <laughs> know. I have no, I have no idea, honestly either. You, you'll, you'll get there when you get to say like, I was gonna say Springfield, maybe. I don't know. 
Yeah, I have no idea either. I, I honestly didn't do the research for it to kind of get it. So whatever. <laughs> I just I just wanted to pull that out of there. What so when you get dropped by Kansas City, what was like the first impression you got when you kind of went there to sign and then you went to spring training or not spring training, you kind of reported to a team for the first time? Yeah, so actually I'll hit on the signing process. Kind of an interesting story for me. So whenever they called, um I was talking to the the area scout called me and I had a pretty good relationship with him. Um, but he called me and was like, hey, we're going to offer you whatever. And at that time, I was like, I didn't really want to sign for that. So essentially, I told him, like, thank you and no, pretty much. And literally, while 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 we're on the phone, my name, like, pops up on the draft board. Like, I'd been drafted while I was on the phone, basically telling the guy no. Like, I'm going to go back to school. Like, maybe we can try again next year. Um, so it actually took me probably – four or five days before I even ended up actually signing, but we negotiated some stuff and ended up getting close to what I wanted. So it worked out nicely. Um, but obviously like I signed and I think two days later I was out in Arizona. Um, I was there for about a week and a half, probably doing all the physicals and stuff like that. And then I got uh, shipped off to the beautiful Idaho falls, of Idaho. So that was uh, quite the experience there. Yeah, what is Idaho like? Because I actually think I maybe have went there for junior college, but I'm not sure because I didn't play, so I didn't really take advantage of what places we were playing in. What What is Idaho Hill, Idaho Falls like, if that's what it's called? It's actually it's a beautiful place. It's really, I mean, it's a small town. You're kind of in the middle of nowhere, obviously, but it's really pretty part of the country for sure. I mean, the travel in the league was kind of long, but it was a bunch of cool areas of the country. It was a sightseeing was good for sure, but... Idaho Falls, it was it was fun. I mean, we actually surprisingly drew good crowds all the games. Uh, it was pretty packed, um, so it was a good time. We we enjoyed it. Yeah, then you, then you move up from Idaho Falls, obviously what it's called, and then you're you're having kind of success keep as you keep on going and going through the minor league ranks. What what kind of changed for you? Because you said you kind of struggled at Oklahoma State. What did you kind of change as you went into the minor leagues? Um, I think kind of the key all along for me has been consistency and just kind of repeating what I do because I'll have at times, I mean, I'll be really good. And then at times at Oklahoma state, it was pretty rough. So for me getting into pro ball, the key for me was just kind of to find that consistency and find the ways to repeat my delivery and stuff like that. And, uh, once I kind of put that all together, everything's uh, been pretty good since then. Yeah. And then last year, obviously, like I stated earlier, you won pitcher of the year for, uh, what was the team called? Lexington? Lexington Legends. Yeah, yeah. You, so you so you were you were a pitching you you you're pitching legend there. You get the synonym or the pun or whatever it's called. I don't even know what the word is. How cool was that to win pitcher of the year? And obviously, and what what do you get for an award for that? Because my we had a guest on earlier and he said he he they they got they, they got him a bag of chips for winning player of the year for yeah, uh, the the, the South. Oh, and our oh Vavro, right? Yeah. Okay. There you yeah, go. You know him. That's yeah. rough. Yeah. We, we, we face off a couple times. Um, but so I think it was, it was like an organizational award, the award I got. So it was like, they do a pitcher and player of the year for each team. So I got the pitcher for the legends. Um, they took us, they actually brought us out to Kansas city, which was really cool. Um, they had, they call it like futures night. So they brought us out to a game and announced us on the field and stuff like that. We got to tour the stadium, tour the Royals hall of fame, all that kind of stuff. Uh, put us up in a nice hotel in downtown Kansas City. Um, so that was a really cool experience just to kind of almost live a day in the life of a big leaguer pretty much. So it was kind of cool to see what that's all about and see things from that side for sure. Yeah, and I saw you got interviewed by like the TV. I think it's Fox Fox Sports or whatever it's called. Yeah, How Fox nervous Sports. were you for that meeting or, or interview? Sorry. Um, I kind of, I mean, I was a little bit nervous, but 
I mean, I feel like I'm fine on interviews and stuff like that. So it's not a huge, like I wasn't too nervous, but I tried to have a good time with it, you know, answer the questions best I could. But it was pretty cool, if anything. I would say it was more cool, exciting than I was nervous. So you mentioned Taryn earlier, who we had a couple episodes ago. What is he lifetime against you? Because I'll be honest, man, this guy mashes baseballs. Like, his stats are big, like video game numbers. So Yeah, I honestly couldn't tell you. I think I only pitched against his team one time. Um, I don't know, honestly. I know I remember being in the stands on the chart one game that against us, and I'm pretty sure he was like four for four with four doubles to every part of the field possible, just banging it off the wall. So that was pretty impressive. Then we were nice. uh, in the all-star game together, so we kind of got to know each other a little bit there. Oh, there you go. Just a humble little uh, little jab thrown in there. You were an all-star. <laughs> I, I told you, we're going to talk about it. We were going to talk about it anyway. Talk about the all-star game. Let's go right into it. What a segue. The humble brag right there. <laughs> Slide it in there, I guess. So what was the all-star game like? Um, For me, I actually didn't even pitch in it. I threw like uh, two days before. I'll throw another humble brag in the day that we clinched the first half to make the playoffs. So I started <laughs> that game. I'll throw that one in there. Um. But it was fun. I mean, I just got to kind of hang out and basically get to hang out with the guys. So it's always cool to get to meet other guys from other organizations and stuff like that because hopefully you'll be playing each other for a while down the road and it's kind of cool to be able to keep up with those guys and see how they're doing. Who's one player that kind of stuck out to you during that All-Star game? Because like you said, you were just you were just a fan. You were an All-Star fan at that game. You didn't get in the bump, which is low-key, like, whatever. That's, I mean, that's cooler than playing, to be honest. So yeah. who's one guy that kind of stuck out to you? Um... Probably there's this guy named Curtis Terry. He's with the Rangers organization. He's a big dude, and he's probably got the most pop I've ever seen. He was in the home run derby and just put on an absolute show. So that was pretty impressive to watch. Um, I mean, there were some some good dudes there. Obviously, there were some pitchers there that were throwing cheese. So that was that was fun to watch. A kid with the Orioles, Grayson Rodriguez. He's like yeah. 18 or 19, and he just blows people away. So that was pretty cool to watch too. Yeah, do you ever sometimes think, like, damn, I wish I was in the NL. I kind of want to get a couple ABs. I want to step into the batter's box and see what it's like facing these guys or no? I mean, I think it'd, it'd be fun, but at the same time, I probably want no part of it. I probably, my confidence thinks that I could get in there and do something, but at the end of the day, I'm probably not going to be able to sniff it. So maybe one day we'll find out in interleague play. Who knows? There it is. Honestly, I, I'm kind of excited to just even see you in the batter's box. You're kind of a big body. Like, pitchers, like, I kind of... I kind of compare pitchers hitting, and this is no offense to pitchers. Actually, it might be offense to pitchers. It's like a baby giraffe walking. They just look, they hop in the batter's box, and they just look so, like, uncoordinated for no reason. doesn't make any sense. Am I yeah, wrong on that? No, I agree. It's weird because, I mean, at some point, all of us probably hit. Like, I hit in high school. I wasn't great, but, I mean, I felt like I looked decently athletic back then, but I don't know what happened since then. I don't, it's just, it doesn't look right, you know? Yeah, and speaking about pitchers that love to hit, let's talk about Kyle for a second. This oh, guy, boy. this guy loves hopping in the batter's box and showing the pop off like he does. How did you get to become friends with, or how did you meet Kyle and Chris? Um, so I mean, Kyle was basically like it in high school baseball in Texas. Like everybody knew who Kyle Muller was. Um, I mean, it seemed like every week there was a different video of him pimping some home run or something on <laughs> Twitter or something like that. Um. But no, actually, so they have this, it's called the Area Code Games. It's like kind of like you go try out, and if you make a team, you go out to California. It's like an A-team deal, kind of. It's like a regional type thing. So we actually tried out for that and made that team together. 
Um, so we kind of knew like who each other were. We kind of played against each other, but never really hit it off. And then we kind of hit it off at that week of area code and had a good time there. And then I ended up meeting Chris through him and we've kind of been boys ever since. Who would you say, like, let's pick a favorite here. Like, who would you say is your favorite Muller brother? Would you say Kyle oh, or Chris? Yeah, you got to put that on me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've known, I've known Kyle longer. I mean, Uh-oh. I don't know. They're both, they're both great guys. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick one. I can't pick one, you know? Okay, that's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to start the narrative that you pick Chris. And then this is why, this is why. Okay. Because actually, right. no, Chris, Chris might draw off in your rankings because Chris told me a story about you and then compared you to someone. And this oh, might gosh. have been one of the funny stories we've heard in my life. Okay. So. Chris told me this once. I asked him, I was like, do you, do you have a funny story on Heasley? He's like, yeah. This one time we were heading back from golf. It was me and Kyle and John and another guy. <laughs> we, we were beat tired. I don't know what possessed him, but some guy was walking on the side of the road and he did a PTRO doctor. Oh, a pterodactyl. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> English is so bad. And then he did a pterodactyl noise or something at him. The funniest shit I've ever witnessed. Do you remember that story? Yeah, I do. I do. It was actually this off season. I think I don't even. I couldn't even tell you what really possessed me to do that. But we were kind of just cruising down the service road, and I saw this guy. We were coming up behind him, so I just rolled down the window. And everybody's getting <laughs> tired, so I needed to do something to line up the mood and get the energy back. And so I just gave this guy a nice little scream out the window, and I think he uh, he about lost it. He was he was not too happy, but. Uh, Got a good reaction out of him. Got a good laugh out of Kyle and Chris. So I'd say it was success. And this is who he compared you to. And this is the part that actually like made me kind of like like literally cry of laughter. He said that you're like Evan from Superbad. Like that's who he uh, compared you he, to. Evan he compares me to this all the time. Every time I see him, he wants me. I don't even know what the song is from the movie, I guess. But he was like, dude, if you could sing this song, and like, you would literally be just like him. But I don't know. Yeah, he, he gives me that one a lot for sure. What's the reasoning behind the Evan comparison? Like, I, I do, you don't really look like him. Is there, is there, is like, I th- well, I think he, th- he thinks I look like him, so I'm not sure. Okay, we're going to have to get him on to discuss this because I yeah. I have no idea how, where the comparison goes from. Do you have a funny story about him? Because we got a pretty funny oh, story man. from Forrest about Kyle a couple weeks ago with the bidet. Like, like Kyle's oh, a yeah, bidet guy. That's I a, heard that. That was story. pretty funny. So we need, we need something on Chris. We'll give you a little I'm bit to think to here. Think. Yeah, I don't I do remember one time, I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of funny. It's not like anything crazy. We could go Kyle and Chris on this one. We were golfing one time and we were kind of like, we were making bets, not money bets, but just like stupid bets. So I remember Chris losing one of the holes and he proceeded, we're coming up on a par five next. And his bet was that he had to sprint the entire hole. So it was one of the funnier things to see that big guy get up there and rip his drive and just take off on a dead sprint down the middle of the fairway. Well, probably not in the middle of the fairway. He was probably headed towards the woods, but (laughs) he sprinted the entire par five. Later that round, Kyle ended up doing like snow angels in the sand trap. So needless to say, it looks like I didn't lose either of those two holes. So I came out on top and so I got to watch them suffer. So it was pretty funny. So who would you say is like the best golfer out of you three? Because like obviously you guys are looking for a four, uh, like a, a fourth person. I'll tag myself. Yeah. And I'll, I'll personally invite myself to be the foursome to join in on it. But who would be the best three? No, the best one. Um, out of you. I mean, I would say Chris and I are kind of we're usually pretty tight. Kyle's kind of either really good or just really bad. He just swings the club as hard as he possibly can and. If it goes straight, it's awesome. But if not, it may be like three fairways over. So he'll have a tough time with that. Yeah, and I compared Kyle to the Troy Bolton of baseball because this guy just has it all. 
He has the yeah. looks. He's athletic. You knowing him when he was younger, was he the kind of guy that was like? Because Chris told me he he flexes in the mirror a lot. Was he the kind of guy that was like, look at myself, I am a beauty, I got this all figured out? Well, in high school, he was. I mean, he was not near as big. Well, he was tall, but he was just kind of a twig. I mean, we both kind of were, but. Now, like, I work out with him every once in a while, so I can definitely attest to the whole flexing in the mirror, checking himself out, which, I mean, if I looked like that, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, basically the Troy Bolton of Dallas for sure, and now apparently he's found his Gabriella, so I don't know about all that either, but we'll see. Yeah, shout out to him on that. I mean, he's wifed up now. This guy just this guy just has his whole life figured out. He has it all yeah. figured out now. Taking have trips to New York, sitting with the girl. I have not, actually. Okay, not. so she, she needs she needs to still go through that process. She needs to meet yeah, me, you, Chris, Mary, the whole fan. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, let's let's talk about your career actually, because obviously last year, like I stated earlier, you won pitcher of the year. You went eight and five last year with a three twelve ERA, and I wanted to talk about superstitions. Where are you a little like are you like Donnie? Because Donnie last episode said he has to keep the same socks, same undershirt on every time he pitch, every time he's hitting if it if it's going well. Are you kind of like that? Um, I have a few, I mean, a few things. I usually do like the same routine leading up to the game. I usually, I try and wear the same socks, same tights, but sometimes I'll get a hole in the tights, so I got to switch them out, you know. Um, but usually, I mean, I've got my pregame, like, whatever I do, I'll listen to some music. Um, usually like some EDM kind of get me going. I kind of like the up-tempo, upbeat, gets me going a little bit, um, Usually pop an energy drink and then a little scoop of pre-workout, so I get that heart rate heart rate up. And there it is. Pretty much go time. Um, nothing too crazy, really. Yeah, no. That, I mean, I respect I respect the whole pre-workout thing. I I honestly maybe you should dry shot at one time. Just try the dry shot uh, aspect. Every, unless you do all, that. all the time, all the time. Oh, so straight that's to, you don't you don't even drink it normally. You just dry yeah, shot it every time. Straight straight scoop to the head. This is what I'm telling you, man. You, Chris, and Kyle, they're just normal guys that are kind of lunatics on the bump that are just no going to throw at people's heads. Have, have you been in a, a close battle with a team before where Johnny Heasley is a little bit heated on the bump right now? Um, funny you bring that up. So I guess it was one of one of Kyle's boys. Um, we were playing the Braves. Obviously, Kyle's in double A, so he's not – He's not too worried about us low life down in low A, but uh, <laughs> so we were playing uh, the Rome Braves, and there's this pretty big kid. I think he was drafted out of high school. Like he had hit a decent amount of home runs, but he also had like a hundred strikeouts. So it wasn't like he was too much of a threat. I didn't think so. First at bat, I think I walked him on like four pitches. So he rolls down the first base and like starts talking to our first baseman. And how I was scared and like, dude, this kid's such a loser. Like wouldn't throw me strikes. Blah blah blah. So next AB, he comes up. This is my funny story for the podcast right here. You're going to give me is. some crap for this This one. is the clip. This is the clip. So he, he comes up next, and uh, second at bat, I think there's maybe like a guy on third. I think I'm throwing a shutty at this point, so I got to keep that guy from scoring. So I end up uh, punching him out like three or four pitches on a strike three looking. So I kind of chirped at him a little bit, basically told him, like, there's your strikes. Like, what are you going to do? He didn't do anything. <laughs> So this guy starts walking towards me, like he's kind of charging me a little bit. And so sometimes, like if I get too much of that, too much of that pre-workout, too much energy drink, all the adrenaline <laughs> going, I kind of I have a tendency to puke. So this guy is like trying to come beef with me and talk to me, and like obviously a couple guys from my team are running up behind me, and I end up going straight to the dugout and just puking all over the floor <laughs> while the rest of the team is out there trying to settle my problem that I started. So. 
I'm in the I'm in the dugout puking while the benches are clearing in the in the middle of the field. That oh my god! So yes, I mean it's pretty embarrassing because I started it and obviously I would have liked to do something about it, but I ended up in the dugout puking. So just a mixture of adrenaline, you know. I don't know. Maybe I was scared of the guy. Who knows? But <laughs> so do we call that like do we call you one and zero in fights or just non-decision? I, I, yeah, maybe a no decision probably. We need to we need to maybe get a little pay per view rematch of that. Yeah, whatever, to, whatever, whatever you guys go back at it. We need a little yeah, rematch. We might have to spark round two if we can. <laughs> Is there guys that are like, do you are you the kind of guy that's on the mound that kind of, that gets aggravated when people pimp home runs or do that kind of stuff, or do you think it's like not as disrespect to you? It's just them showing off what they did. I mean, yeah, like to an extent, like. If they're up and they hit a bomb, like, go for it, dude. Like, he took me yard, good for you. Like, if I strike you out later, don't be mad if I do something a little bit. But, I mean, it's one thing if, if they're getting killed or if they're killing me, like, or if we're up, like, 10 to 0 and then you hit a solo home run to make it 10 to 1 and you pimp one, that's probably going to piss me off a little bit. But, I mean, at the same time, like, I, a lot of people don't like it, but I feel like if, if you earn it, then go for it. Do what you want, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it, can't get butt hurt. Just because somebody hit a home run off you, you know. No, exactly. It just be better. It, it's yeah. If, if it's a if it's a guy like me pimping a home run off you, and I'm hitting like like I said like 160. I told the story earlier on the podcast. I I hit a bomb in West, and I think it was in McCook, and I launched it like over the horse stables in left field, and I we were I think it was I hit it to like tie the game, and I grabbed my bat and I launched it into the dugout. Like I literally threw this bat into the dugout. <laughs> And, like, the, the funny thing is, is, like, if people looked at my stats for that game, like, I didn't play a game in, like, two weeks, and this pitcher, like, K'd me. He K'd me my first debut, like, embarrassed me. Oh. I think it was on three pitches. And then I'm, I'm rounding third, and, like, I high-five my coach, and he just gave me, like, the fuck you stare, like, the death stare. <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? Do you, what's your pimp job kind of like when you're on the mound, and you K um, a guy in a big situation? Are you the kind of guy that's like, let's go, or is it just what is it? Yeah, I'm a big let's go guy. Big let's go guy. Maybe a little fist pump if it's really big, but I'm more of just kind of like a let's go more like, yeah. Big let's go guy for sure. We love those kind of guys. Are you the kind of guy that gets pumped up when like someone makes a play in the infield and you just like go bananas over a guy or do you just keep your composure? Uh, I keep my composure for the most part, but I mean, if it's a, if I got something good going and he makes like saves a run or something like that, I'll get a little fired up for sure. And here's a question. This is just a question that my smart brain brought up. What's the biggest strikeout you've gotten in your life? Like, just the biggest K ever. Oh, gosh. Biggest strikeout in my life. I don't even know, dude. Um, i trying to think of, like, a big moment in college, but like I said, I had a tough time, so there wasn't any strikeouts <laughs> mixed in there. We'll just say you struck out Kyle Muller in an intramural game, and that was your biggest K. There you life. go. That's it. There you there go. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that right there. there. There you go. I mean, Kyle, you just you, you can't hit in the big leagues, all right? This is this yeah. is the show. You got John Heasley on the bump. You can't you can't hit off him. That's the biggest K of your life. There you go. I'll take it. What? So let's go back to the let's go back to the championship you won last year. Um, what what do you win when you win the championship? Like, do you all get rings, or are you just guys just getting blackout in the dugout? Yeah, we get rings. Um. We had a good time afterwards, for sure. We got to pop bottles, so that was pretty cool. I think we popped bottles three times between we won the first half and then, like, the first round of the playoffs, we popped bottles after that and then popped bottles after the championship, obviously. So that was definitely pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, we do get rings. I think we they give them to us in spring training coming up, so it would be pretty cool to see what they look like.
No, I'm excited to see what it looks like also. Are you going to be that kind of guy that, hopefully you're not this, but are you going to be that kind of guy that's going to probably pawn it off late in your life for a couple extra thousand dollars or what? Um, I hope I'm not in a situation that I have to do that. <laughs> but, I mean, if worse comes to worse, and I do have to at some point, I may have to, may have to see what happens. But that's not in the plans for sure. I'll be the first purchaser of it. I'll be the first <laughs> okay. guy that gets it. For, Perfect. Gets it from and I'll Perfect. just be telling people at the bar, yeah, I won the Sal Conference. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Let's talk. Let's also talk about uh, your mustache you got going. Do you feel like that adds velocity to you, or at, or at, at the draft? Do you feel like it added draft stock or value to you when you were on the board? Well, so uh, I actually didn't start rocking the mustache until Pro Ball, kind of per Kansas City Royals facial hair rules. You can either have no facial hair or a mustache. And between my fiance and I, we decided that the mustache is the best look because she is not a fan of. <laughs> no facial hair neither neither am i but um and it kind of you know it kind of gives me some character and i like it so i do think it brings some velo maybe especially so last year the legends our logo was actually a mustache so it was kind of just full circle everything came full circle and i guess that just kind of fired me up and got me going so the, like, so the you, power you were of the mustache pretty much the mascot. you're pretty much the mascot for the legends yeah, last year. essentially Essentially. How many compliments did you get from fans on the mu- the we call it the muzzy in Canada, so we're gonna start calling it the muzzy for you. Okay. How I many like how many compliments did you get on the muzzy last year? A lot, honestly, especially in Lexington. You know, the lo- there's literally a mustache on our hat. I might have one right here for you, actually. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's, let's get a visual. I don't know where it's at. Yeah, we'll get a little visual. Let's see right. if I can find it here. Yeah, here we go. So here's here's the Electric. mustache hat right here. Yeah. So you can kind of line up with the mustache there, but yeah, definitely got some compliments from the fans um, on the muzzy for sure. There it is. And the other thing that I wanted to bring up is because you mentioned earlier that like when you're charting and stuff like that, what's the attire you wear to the chart? Are you the kind of guy that that shows off the style a bit when you're on the chart or what? Uh, So another for the Royals, we have to wear colored shirts. So we're always usually up in the sun. I mean, we usually look decent at least. I usually rock some, just some shorts, or depending on the weather, just shorts and a, and a polo. Nothing, nothing crazy. What What's the rules for that? Like, are you allowed to dip when you're on the chart, or no? You have to like uh, to keep it professional. No, uh, you're supposed to keep it professional, especially in the stands. Oh, I see that. You hate to see that because whenever I own an organization, I'm gonna say when you're in the crowd, it has to be a hundred percent. You have to have a dip in your mouth. No ifs, ands, or buts. Just show it off a bit. Yeah, they're not not too fond of that. <laughs> Because last year I was I was at I was in Williamsport I was watching my I was watching Bryson's thought, and we like I was sitting beside the guys doing the chart and they were just throwing down hot dogs while charting. I don't know if that's allowed. <laughs> like, are you allowed to do that? Yeah, we're we're not. I mean, organizations obviously differ, but like we are not supposed to like we can't go to the concession stand and come back with a Dr Pepper and a cheeseburger. Like, I don't think that's a great look. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's. That's against the rules for us. I think about all we can do is chew some gum or sunflower seeds and maybe a bottle of water. But I think it's good luck. You know, it keeps it, keeps it professional. Yeah. What What's the fastest you've hit on the gun? Like, let's go into your velocity here. Because Kyle talks um, about Yeah, I hit 98 last year was what I taught that. Do you feel that? Like, I always ask this, obviously. People are going to be like, Johnny, why the fuck are you asking this? But do you feel that when you hit 98? Like, is it like when it comes out of your perfectly long arm, it just you feel like this shit's 98? I mean, uh, there's some times where I feel like I just threw it 100 and it's like 90 or 91, so it's kind of hard. But like, sometimes you do know you're throwing hard, and then other times you feel like you're throwing hard and you're not, or you feel like you're throwing an 88 and you're throwing 95. So it's just kind of, some days it's on, some days you just have no idea. And yeah, you said, like, you, you feel it. So er, do you, 
when you feel like you're gonna have a good start a certain day, I want you to shoot me a text and be like, Johnny, you gotta tune into this shit. Like the I just threw a pen and my arm is dialed in right now. And then we'll do we'll do muzzy alert and then we'll just tag you and then we'll do we'll we'll do the we'll do the MLB TV thing and so people can watch your part. Perfect. Yeah, I'll let you know if, if the wing's feeling good. I'll give you I'll give you a heads up. <laughs> so how many how many starts like that did you have this year where you were just carving? Like did you feel perfect? Um I would say probably like four or five. I mean, obviously it's a long year, so you're not going to feel your best every time out. But I would say more often than not, I was I was feeling good. And and like people always mention, they always say like as a major league as a major league pitcher, even as like a, obviously a minor league pitcher, you kind of have days when your arm mm-hmm. isn't feeling the greatest. So what do you kind of rely on when, let's say, you're on the bump and maybe that arm isn't feeling the greatest and the fastball has no life to it? Yeah, I mean, at that point, you just got to locate. Hope you can locate, command all your pitches. Uh, as long as you're, I've got my off speed going, and even if I'm not throwing as hard that day, I can usually get away with it. If I can, as long as I can command it. Um, I mean, obviously, you see guys that in the MLB throwing 87, 88, and they just put it wherever they want, and they still don't get hit. So, I think that's what it comes down to at that point for sure. And we mentioned, I always like to ask this with my pitchers: Was there one home run you gave this year where you're like, this ball? might murder a car this is a nuke have you given one like that this year um i'm trying to think of this year i know for a fact my first my first year i did um i can i still remember that one it was a lefty and i think he may have hit a 550 but uh <laughs> i'm trying to think this year i mean i gave up like 10 home runs so there was a few few options but i'm trying to think i don't remember one particularly that stuck out that's all right. No, that's all right because everyone always remembers that one that they hit. But as a pitcher, I feel like it's kind of hard to remember the one that you gave up. But when you give up a big bomb, are you the kind of guy that looks back at the umpire and says, "Just give me the fucking ball"? Like I don't want to watch this guy trot around the bases, or do you kind of admire the guy running around the bases? It depends. Like if it's a if it's a nuke, I'll I'll mean I'll just sit there and watch because I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's like good for you, dude. Um, but actually, I, I gave up one in the playoffs. Actually, in the first playoff game. It was a one run I gave up solo shot, but it was it was struck pretty well, and I just sat there and watched it go out. Um, but I mean, if it's like a little BS home run right over the wall wall scraper, then I'll just tell the umpire, dude, give me a ball. That was stupid. <laughs> so I actually brought this up in earlier podcasts, and it, I think it's hilarious. So I just want your thoughts on this. If this was a pimp job for someone, so I, I think I brought this up to Winker. Jesse Winker, and I said, if next time you hit a home run, just give the bat boy a neck brace. So while you're running around the bases, the the, the bat boy runs out to the pitcher and gives him the neck brace because he just got whiplash from whiplash. watching that ball. What would be your thought process if, like, we kind of we took a, like a WWE style to MLB and that was a pimp job? Yeah, I mean, if somebody brought me out a neck brace, I would probably probably start another brawl. I might throw up in the middle of it, but I'd try I'd try it again. I honestly, man, like, just going back to that story, I cannot believe, like, you threw up in the middle of a fight. What was the guy thinking when he was chirping you and you just ran to the base? Was he like, I got the best of this guy? Like, what? Yeah, a, what? that's probably what he thought, for sure. But, I mean, at the same time, it wasn't, like, a super aggressive charge out of him, so it was more of just kind of, like, I don't think he really knew what to say. He was just kind of walking towards me, and I was kind of walking at an angle, like, he's going this way, and I'm walking dugout and to meet him in the hole, but I just had to go straight to the dugout and let it out. I think you kind of missed out on something because you could have went viral if you would have puked on the field before a fight. You would have been you would have been America's pitcher. Or if, I puked, just... if I puked on him, that could have been even better. <laughs> that would honestly, man, that would have been just the craziest shit of all time. And you, that was obviously with Lexington, and Lexington had an unreal amount of players. Who was the guy that stood out to you most 
in the batter's box for Lexington, like the best hitter on that team? Um, I'd probably say we had um, a couple guys get called up. But overall, I'd probably say we had a pretty good lineup. This kid from the Dominican, Jason Guzman, he's uh, got put on the 40-man this offseason. Kind of had a slow start, but, I mean, second half, he just kind of went off. Um, so it was fun to watch him hit. Um, we got a bunch of, like, scrappy guys. Nobody had too many home runs, but, I mean, obviously we won the championship, so we got it done. Would you say that you were, you're kind of like a scrappy guy? Because I, like, it's actually crazy, like, you're – I always say that you're not really ranked like in the top 30 prospects for the Royals. Like your name's not really brought up in trade talks or anything like that. Would you kind of say that that adds a chip to your shoulder that you're not really discussed, even though you're having a really good year like last year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the same time, I can I control what I can control, but it's definitely kind of. I mean, I kind of like it, you know, flying under the radar, and then one day I'll surprise everybody. But I mean, I like it. I just like kind of flying under the radar and taking care of my business and handle myself and uh i mean where we're at in the organization as the royals like we're stacked with pitching right now so i mean i think the year i got drafted we took like five pitchers in the first two rounds between our competitive balance picks and all that stuff so super competitive which is makes it fun makes everybody better but at the same time i mean i don't mind it obviously it's motivating and makes me want to do better but at the same time it's not like something i take too personally it's all just somebody behind the computer writing up their own ranking so at the end of the day it's doesn't matter that much to me. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you're playing in the minor leagues for specifically the Royal system, in the home, like in your home park, is it dressed like a seat night? And when I say dressed like a seat night, it means there's no one in the crowd and everyone's dressed like a seat. Obviously, that's what it means. But do you guys fill the barns? Like even in Lexington, was your barn filled or what was it? Um, here and there, we had Thirsty Thursdays. It was like dollar beers, so obviously you get all the. And UK is in Lexington, so. We get a bunch of Kentucky college kids out there on Thursday night, so that makes for a pretty fun environment. But, um, I mean, honestly, it was never super packed until, like, the playoffs. We drew a pretty good crowd. Um, but, I mean, it could be worse for sure. Okay. Are, are, are you the kind of guy that's like Marcus Stroman, that when there's more people in the crowd, that there it goes? Like, the adrenaline's up and I'm carving guaranteed? Or is it just like yeah. you don't really care yeah, about I the kinda, environment? I kind of – I mean uh, – I try not to care too much about the environment, but obviously if you're walking into a packed crowd, big game, you know, it's kind of kind of what you look for. So I try and thrive in those times for sure. Yeah, and who, who is the best pitcher or hitter, sorry, that you got the opportunity to face like so far in your career, the best guy, the guy that owns you pretty much? The guy that owns me probably. Um, there's some good talent in the Sally League this past year. The kid from uh, from the Rangers again. Um, his name was Miguel Aparicio. He kind of looked like Odor. You know him for for the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate Odor, like, but was, yeah. He was a lefty, like huge leg kick, and just took huge hacks. And if he connected, it was going a long way. So he was probably one of those home runs I was talking about that I couldn't remember, but he uh, he probably got the best of me. Um, but I mean, there was some good talent throughout the league for sure. Yeah, and and we asked this to Donnie earlier. Um, Playing at Oklahoma State, who's the school that that you hated the most? Was it Texas or was it like uh, T? He said he said TCU. He said TCU was the team they hated the most. Yeah, um, I mean for me, I being from Texas, I knew a lot of the TCU guys, so it wasn't too much beef with. Probably Tech was probably who we had the most. Texas Tech we had the most beef with when I was there. Um, OU was kind of just 
a natural rivalry, so there's not too much at the end of the day. Like we usually all know each other. Um, I'd probably say Texas Tech and Texas probably. Okay, and there's something also I wanted to bring up that's just a national tragedy and a crime. I brought this up with Donnie. How in God's name are you not verified on Instagram? It doesn't even make it doesn't even make sense for Christ's sake. You're on Instagram, picture of the year, not even verified. <laughs> Instagram, for listening to this, this is my pitch to get John Heasley verified. It's a joke. John Heasley has the same pretty much Twitter uh, Instagram credentials as a 40 year old father talking shit to me on Instagram. It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't even really know the process to go through to get that done. I mean, it's cool to get that blue check mark, but I don't know. It's not not too huge for me. Okay, well, you can just pass it on to me if you want, like I told Donnie. Okay. There's, some, there's something else that I wanted to bring up also, and this is, I just thought about this question, just obviously, because, I mean, the brain the brain power going on this episode for me is bananas. It might be because I'm in my Fortnite room where I'm dialed in. Yeah, you just feel like you're at home, you know? <laughs> there it is. Well, what were you, what are you going to, what do you think you were more nervous for? Your major league debut or proposing to your wife, or fiance, I guess it is. Which one's more nerve-wracking? Oof. I mean, obviously, I haven't experienced a debut yet, um, but the proposal was definitely nerve-wracking. I mean, at the same time, I think the debut is going to definitely be pretty nerve-wracking going out there in a big league park and just that whole environment. But the proposal's tough to beat, I think. I mean, even though like I, I was pretty 99% sure she's going to say yes, it's still just something that just that deep down in your mind, like, I don't know. Because that honestly, could you imagine how awkward that'd be if, like, because obviously, was everyone there? Was there like your family there and her family there? Uh, not till afterwards. They weren't like watching it happen or anything. So how did you get the picture of you going on one knee? Who took that? Just a random pedestrian? Yeah, I had I had a photographer, so she was kind of like hiding, and then once I got down on the knee, she popped out and started taking pictures. <clears throat> okay. Okay. So now and you're you're a little calculated. I respect that. A little okay. Okay, state education, not a big deal. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a big moment, you know. You gotta capture it. Yeah, no, I'm excited for the wedding. I'll be honest. It's gonna be like <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll drive down to it wherever it is. I'll be Chris. I'll be Chris's date. Chris, if you're listening to this, I'm just don't get a girlfriend your, in this time span. I'm your well, date. There you go. You got your plus one. There it is. And, and, and you, you and Chris obviously are hockey guys. I saw you guys. You guys go to the Dallas Stars game. You're not scared to chat it up with the Canadians. Not you. Got you would you would be, you'd be a honorable man here in Canada. Talk about your love for hockey if you do have love for hockey. And what, what kind of got you to become a hockey fan? Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't have, like, this crazy love for hockey, but I do enjoy, like, going to Stars games. Like, they're fun. Um, but I'm not, like, a huge hockey guy. I couldn't even tell you the majority of the rules. But, I mean, there's nothing like a good Stars game. Just going to – it's fun to watch. Hockey's fun to watch. You know, action-packed. It's fun to watch. A couple brawls here and there. So, keeps you on your toes for sure. Do you think you could be a hockey guy? Because you're tall. I, I feel Ooh. like you would just be you'd be a fighter for a hundred percent. You or Chris would be a fighter. Um, I mean, if I if I practice and figured out how to, I mean, I can skate, but the second you try to get me to go backwards or something like that, I'd I'd be laying on the ground. So I think if I practice, I could probably get into it. I mean, I like the the physical side of it and stuff like that, but I don't know if I'd. Uh, I mean, it's got to be a beating skating for that long, well conditioned. I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I respect those guys for sure. Yeah, and, I, and there should be like a poll that I, I honestly think hockey players get the best looking wives or wives. I don't know what the pronunciation is in all sports. I might have to look into that sooner than later. When you were watching the hockey, when you're watching hockey, like hockey, do you kind of wonder like what other sports you could play? Like if you didn't play baseball, like what would what like what alley you would have taken? Yeah, every once in a while, I played football in high school, so um, that's always in the back of my mind, but. I don't want to end up with CTE or something like that. Some of those guys would kill me, so 
Yeah, exactly. What would you be doing if you didn't play baseball? Like, what what were you studying in school? Was it just like uh, phys ed or some shit like that? Like the office <laughs> usually take? I was um, business management was my major. I'm still trying to finish it up actually. So I was only at Oklahoma State for two years, so I still got a little bit little bit left, but I'm trying to finish it up online, just a backup plan. But um, I would love to play golf. Like if I could be on the tour, that'd be sick. But I think it's a little late for that. Yeah, no, it's definitely not late for that. There's probably 40 year old golfers out there. But something also, something else that's kind of cool that I, I, I don't know if this is true or this is false. This is just something I saw on Instagram. Your dad played in. He was in the big leagues, or he was on an organization in the big leagues. My dad. Yeah. No, he was not. <laughs> okay, well, I, okay, there goes the brain power. But actually, no, there's a method to why I asked that because I saw a picture of you like in uh, Indian spring training. Was that you? Oh yeah, I think that was uh, that was like a coach pitch game. Oh, so oh my god, I thought that that was a major league spring training. <laughs> no, coach pitch game. No, yeah, yeah, that was a coach pitch game. I think I posted that for Father's Day or something. He's yeah. like kneeling down talking to me. Yeah, that was a uh, okay. classic coach pitch baseball game. So there, <laughs> so there goes my brain power. So we're just gonna start the narrative that Rick <laughs> actually played for the Indians in the big leagues. I, I, there you I, go. I, up, I couldn't find anything. I was like, "Am I a dummy?" <laughs> I know that this guy was just your coach pitch coach, and yeah. that's what the picture was for. Heard it here first. Rick, Rick Easley, big leaguer for yep, the Indians. Big leaguer. He played for the Indians. There's no. Re- there's actually no stats on it, but he did. He, he signed yeah. and then report. Um, who, 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 out of your family, like, who, where did you kind of get this athleticism from? Because obviously, you kind of have to have some sort of athleticism to be in the big league or to be a, get draft or anything like that. Who did you get this from? Your son. Um, I mean, my my mom and dad are both both athletic. You know, my dad, they both played sports in college. My dad went to a small NAIA school. He played basketball and uh, soccer. Um, and then my mom, I think she played soccer like for a year in college, and then kind of quit after that, but. Obviously, they were both both athletic. Um, I think I got my size from my dad. He's like six five. He's a pretty big dude. Um, but I mean, it kind of runs in the family. My brother was pretty good at football in high school. Could have could have gone to play in college, but just not really what he wanted to do. And then my sister was like a state championship swimmer in high school as well. So it kind of runs in the family overall. Yeah, and yeah. So this is what I wanted to bring. This is like the second last question that I had. Have they kind of told you where you're going to be next year, like double A, high A, or anything like that? Uh, not really. I think for the most part, they kind of keep that until spring training. I mean, obviously, some of the bigger name guys probably get more of an idea. But um, if I were to guess, I would say high A. Um, I guess there could be a small chance. I don't know. Then I want to double A, something like that. But um, I'm hoping for high A right now, and anything plus that's just a bonus. So we'll see what happens. What's the what's the name of the high A team for the Royals? Is it as cool as uh, Legends? The uh, the Wilmington Blue Rocks. Okay, no, I mean that's an yeah. electric name. That's what I love about minor league baseball. I only buy minor league baseball hats is because their names are just bananas. Like some of the yeah, names are insane. incredible, incredible. Yeah, and, and this this is the last question, obviously that I have. I usually end it off end off the show with it. What are the kind of goals that you have for yourself next year? Like a level you want to reach, or just Something that like performance-wise. Yeah, I mean, I say for sure my biggest goal is to end up in Double A at some point, whether it's start the year, end the year, whatever. Um, I think that's definitely my main goal, and if I can do that, I'll be in a, a good spot where I want to be. Um, I mean, it'd be cool to get pitcher of the year again. I guess maybe I can go like whole organization this time instead of just the just the Lexington Legends or the Blue Rocks. But um, we'll see. I mean, obviously the key at this point is just stay healthy and. 
do what you do and you never know you, when you're going to get your shot. I mean, it's kind of try and have the hot hand and see what happens. Okay, and, and then we might do something. I don't know. Even I might cut this shit out, to be honest. But I want to start something here with every guest. Every guest ha- during the episode has to call someone out to come on this podcast. Someone that they think would be electric. Someone that they think would be bananas. Who would you think would be electric on the officially unofficial podcast? And know this isn't me being desperate, all right? Okay, let me let me think for a second. I got I, I got some guys. Let me see. I mean, obviously, you already got two good ones with the Mullers. Um, trying to think of any other guys from OSU, maybe. Um, got Donnie was a good one. I think I heard you uh, the other day on Donnie's podcast talking about Kelnick. I think that guy that could be an electric podcast for sure. All right, so there it is. You've been shot. What's his He's been called name? out? He's been called out twice, Jared. He's been called out twice. Jared, I mean, yeah. if, if you, uh, you, this could go two ways. Jared, either you come on this podcast or I just become an anti-Jared guy on Twitter. And I, like I said, I pump people's tires on Twitter. John Heasley, you're the next guy. I'm going to be pumping your tires on Twitter. I'm actually going to call you the 31st ranked prospect for the Mariners. Or no, for the <laughs> Royals, sorry. You're the 31st ranked prospect for the Royal, Royals. It's obviously not listed on OB.com, but on my chart, you're up there. You're, you're, you're top five in my chart. Sounds good. I appreciate it. And there you have it. There you have it, folks. It's there. It is the Kansas City Royals pitcher of the year. Not a big deal. Whatever champion. He's going to be flaunting the ring around at spring training, showing it off a bit. He's going to be carving next year. So just stay tuned to Jonathan Heasley, the 31st ranked prospect for the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> and make sure you guys like and subscribe to this podcast because we're dialed in here. I'm in my Fortnite room with this interview, so we don't know how the sound goes. But thank you guys for listening, and uh, thank you, Johnny, for hopping on this podcast. For sure. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. <laughs>